Welcome to the 61st edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic Again. I am Tiger Height. And I am Peanut Gallery. And we are going to be covering AEW's and NJPW's Forbidden Door. But first, let's do some heckling from the hard camera. Peanut Gallery, what are we talking about? Well, based on what I saw tonight, a lot of injuries were happening. So um, I think we're going to talk a little bit about the injury curse of 2022. And... Um, I'm going to go over some of the reasons as to why I believe a lot of these wrestlers are getting injured and what, if anything, can be done to have prevented some of these injuries. Okay. So, as everyone is very well aware of, based on tonight's event and based on what's happening at Money in the Bank, there are a ton of people who are uh, kind of top stars even, who are out with various sorts of injuries. Right. Now, those injuries can range from the mundane injury where they'll just be out for a little while to the major injuries that were they're taken out for months and months and months. There are some injuries that are, are uh, towards people who may not be in the main event picture, and then there are bona fide main eventers. There are people in the... the Face their face, the baby faces their heels. Every it seems like everyone is just getting injured. I don't know if you've seen it, but it just seems like everybody is getting injured. Right. You know this this happens every now and then as it relates to wrestling industries. Yeah. But it's been a couple of years since this has happened. Like at this scale. Yes. Like like it seems like you know with the amount of car changes for Forbidden Door, mm-hmm. and then I think we had two different now. Uh, the FTR one might not be – that one might be storyline based. But then there were also a lot of people with the tape on their shoulders, right. on the, their backs. Um, like, the, the, the athletic tape. It, it that, seems like people are either – they're working through injuries or they're undiagnosed injuries. Or they're like being strapped on with like an egg until they can kind right. of get through the pay-per-view cycle, which at right. least at least AEW has enough time in between for them to actually rest. So Right, but – the, the point being is that there just seems to be a lot of people who are in sometimes very important positions who just become injured. Right. We're going to go over some of the major injuries. Obviously, uh, we all know about our Cody Rhodes. We all know about our Rhea Ripley's. We all know about CM Punk. We all know about Matt Cardona. We all know about, um, you know, it seems like Adam Cole might be injured as well. Um, oh, just, definitely hurt. Just in general, just the amount of huge injuries that, that have occurred, but... Um, you know, maybe some lesser known ones uh, would be people, uh, you know, obviously we know that uh, Edge has also hurt a little bit as well. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Um, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are both hurt. Um, what about this one? Uh, that's Ray Ripley. This was oh, she, that's, that's right. She, she, she kicked herself in the teeth. Right. Caused a brain injury. Um you know, I'm Big, I'm, Big I'm covering e, up the injury. Hang on, right. let me move. Yeah, Big E is another one who is injured. Um, it it just seems like a lot of these, and and it really limits rosters in their potentials to create matches. Right. And there are a couple of reasons as to why I believe, and and really these pictures are just meant to be kind of a, a placeholder for what. Right. I mean, I'm not really kind of going through each wrestler and what they're injured with and stuff like that, but I want to go over a couple of reasons as to why I believe these superstars are injured. Right. Um, I think that the first and most important reason that we should address is 
the the return of the demand for travel. Yep. And I am not just talking about domestic travel within the United States because we didn't really see that big of an uptick in injuries, injuries once we returned to domestic travel. It was international. It was the international stuff. Yep. That is when people started getting hurt. And also when these promotions started to do more cross-promotional stuff, as we have seen with people like Matt Cardona, for example. I think that the schedules being so packed in, the schedules being so... People, uh, people uh, want tight. people want everybody yeah. because everything was shut down because of the pandemic. Right. There's, so they're uh, trying there's to demand for these superstars to appear at certain shows. And these, and these superstars need to make that money. And also they want to make sure that they keep that... They need to keep their allure, but at the end of the day, what is the risk right. for these? Like with Matt Cardona, he's wrestling in you know four or five different promotions. He's holding multiple champions, and, see, and now think, he's hurt with a huge yeah, bicep and injury. And see, I think that's a good example as to what happens when the demand all of a sudden comes back for certain superstars, and they, they want to perform multiple nights a week at certain shows in certain cities. I think that that sort of travel schedule, that sort of tightness, really put a hamper on this potential of these superstars to keep themselves healthy. Right. Even when things opened back up, they were only doing one, maybe two shows a week, and they were doing it in in the same sorts of, you know, in the same cities and stuff, you know, like within that week. So they were only traveling maybe once a week. Now it seems like they're traveling four or five, six times a week. Right. And, you know, um, as soon as we don't have a a pay-per-view to cover and doing heckling and stuff, one of the big proprietors, and actually I think would eliminate a lot of these injuries, um, is seasonal wrestling. Right. And I think that um, we've discussed it briefly in the I past. Think, I, think I think we need to do we need to do a long form show to, about something do, like that. We need to revisit Because actually I'm I'm actually a big proprietor. Now with yeah, Rick well, now I actually this I, this injury is kind of right. different. And and I actually think, you know, and, and going off of that I do think and we're gonna talk more about other in, other reasons why people are getting injured as well. But I think one of the I think we discussed that when we had the pro wrestling zone about doing a sort of uh, seasonal system. But I think it's worth revisiting yep. now that the current climate's the way that it is. Another reason why I think that people a lot of people are getting injured is because they have the expectation that they want to perform at a higher level. Right. And I think that again, this is one of those symptoms. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's performers. I think it's the fans. I think I think it goes both ways though. I think the fans expect more and I think that the performers want to give more. Right. Now, let's let's put this into perspective. During the pandemic era, when there were no fans in the crowds, the the WWE was able to cater and 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 promote superstars in a certain way in order to make them look the best. Just you right. know, just with camera angles and stuff like that. And there was no one there to really uh, to really kind of um, say yes or no to it, right? Now with the fans there, I think there's a lot more scrutiny. There's a lot more expectation. I don't think that the superstars are able to provide at the level that they are being able to provide. I agree. I agree with you on that, actually. Yeah. Um, and I think another another thing, too, and I think this goes back to the travel thing, is that the access that they have to facilities, to doctors... I, I think um, I think it still might be somewhat limited. I, I well, again, I think that on the road it's always going to be a limitation. But at least if you're not traveling, you're able to take the time in order to make yourself be the healthiest, fittest, best 
sort of person that you can be. But this, I mean, now there there was always like a certain criterion where injuries happen. Yes. Like it does happen actually at least once a year within the wrestling industry. We're just kind of in the middle of that right now. Yeah. But the, this but, doesn't happen once every single year. This happens once every year. I mean, the, the injuries to this scale, I don't think I've seen injuries to this scale since uh, maybe – early to mid-2020 when the pandemic first struck, when they had to make so many changes to these cards. Like, this is probably a cycle that happens every two to three years. When, now, maybe when not maybe not, maybe, maybe, maybe not to this level, but there's always a time when, at least within WWE, there are at least three to four very high-profile, very serious injuries. It always happens. Well, I know that that happens in his. In no, his no, no, no. Also, with I'm, I'm talk- keep in mind that we, is- that right right before we really started to get into the online community and being really truly exposed to a ton of other promotions, that we did not see those injuries. And now, since we're starting to get more seasoned to them. With especially with coming back from the pandemic, we're starting to see more of those injuries. So it seems like it's a lot bigger, but in reality, I don't think it is. I think it is. This is a cycle that happens every two to three years in every major promotion. Um, AEW is having their first issues right now. Like they have never had an injury list so large up until today and and so high profile you you know like you said you had cm punk with the broken foot you You have pretty much every single member of of uh of the undisputed elite you have literally no i think every single one yeah is injured in some way shape or form bobby fish is out you have people with multiple tag teams that are out and Impact and not impact. Uh, AEW is going through its first. Actually, cycle. I, th- I think Impact is being spared right now. Yeah, as it Impact to the is injuries. Impact is doing better, but I know that there was a point in time when Impact. I think it was in 2021 when mm-hmm. they had a slate of injuries. Yep. Um, but again, I think every single promotion kind of goes through the cycle of just having these injuries, and I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that they're on the road. Right. Um. And that they don't have access to the facilities. That they're, they they're, not, they're, to. they're not used to take, taking care of themselves on the road. Yeah, you know, it, it's growing pains. It yeah, happens. It does. You know, it's almost like you not having a job. Right. And then you all of a sudden getting a job where you have to leave your house. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be the growing pains of I'm going to be late. How's traffic looking? How's this looking? If you're not equipped for that, because it just kind of happens. Right. So it was hard to like 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 predict yeah. to get back on the road. So they were just kind of thrown in there and these companies were like, oh shit, we need to start getting these people back in now. Right, so back back in road shape. Back, not, not just back in road shape, but back in our multi-state tours to make the most yeah, money. Back, back in road shape. That's oh, these... oh I, I, I thought you were talking about like the wrestlers, not the promotions. That, well, that, I mean, it goes it goes every single way. the The promotions weren't ready, and the wrestlers weren't ready to get back on the road. Right, they just kind of hit you out of nowhere. But right. you know, it's not like this was unprecedented or anything. No, you know, this, whatever. Again, this just happens. <laughs> um, you know, and 
some some potential solutions. I think um, I think I think that some of those potential solutions would just be more comprehensive wellness and health checks. That is actually going to come up very soon. But, but here here's the also uh, here's the other thing. Wrestlers also have a responsibility to have the forward planning on having that kind of stuff. Now, freak accidents can happen, but I think there's always still some fail-safes. Well, yeah. I think you need to know the limitations of your body. There's a limitation of a mindset, a mindset, a mindset and a skill set to where you need to realize, you know, give me some more time. Well, right, but the promotion also has a responsibility to make sure that oh, you're healthy too. It, it's an equal thing, you know. It, well, when you're an independent contractor, I think you're more responsible. You're more responsible for your general well-being than the promotions that you're working for. But the promotions, especially with a promotion like WWE, where you oh, don't have yeah, those freedoms. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking you right. That, the, that's that's the, different. The promotion has a responsibility yes. to their wrestlers to make sure that but the those, wrestlers those, are given all the options available to them. Those, those wrestlers are exclusive to that company. But let's talk about a great example is Matt Cardona, who had – Five or six world champions wrestling all over the place, doing well, and then all of a sudden this happens. I think it was more so of doing too much too fast. Mm -hmm. And then this happens, and it totally throws off a lot of different promotions. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily his fault, but it's not necessarily their fault. There's a responsibility share to the health and safety of the wrestler. Mm -hmm. uh, with, with that, it's like, you know, you're – four world champions in, I'm not going to call you. Right. But then there's also the responsibility of that 1099 worker saying, you know, I'm already booked through the rest of this month and the next three months. Why am I taking on another promotion? Right. Okay. That makes more. That makes sense. So it's, it's an equal opportunity responsibility to make sure mm -hmm. that not only are the workers that are going into your company are safe because – the, the promotions are only responsible from when they actually go into the ring. That's mm -hmm. the only time when they're responsible. Yeah. It's up to the wrestler to know the limitations on how many things they can do to promote it. Right. And Matt Cardona, I think, is a good example. I think he was as excited to get back in the ring and he did too much too soon. I'm not faulting him. I'm just saying that there is that responsibility. And, you know, I think, too, that um, I think that fan and wrestler promoter expectations are a little too high as well. I think I, so, too. I think, I think that we need to get back to a level of of wrestling where it is safe for everybody. Because yep. I— I'm sorry, I can't see John Moxley bleed his head to death every single time he gets in the ring. And then he goes into a place like GCW because he's their world champion. Right, and then he's in death matches. It's like, hello, what if he gets injured tomorrow in a death match? And he, it just, very and he, and he just came happen. back. He, he might end up like fucking Jeff Hardy again. I'm sorry, I'm going to say that. I think if he continues at the path that he's going with all of this shit, I would not be surprised if but, he ended but, up like Jeff, but, Jeff Hardy you know, again. That's just an example of of what wrestling has become. Now, Jeff, now look at now. This is a good example too. Jeff and Matt Hardy, they weren't wrestling. Now they were. They were wrestling in Triple A. They had a match at Triple A, mm -hmm. and then you know Jeff and Matt Hardy were doing some of the smaller. Indie promotions, and we saw them promoted all the time. And they were, you know, and, and, and Jeff Hardy's expectations 
were so high mm-hmm. that he was and the fans' expectations of Jeff Hardy to be able to perform at at, at, at like at a two thousand eight level ladder ladder hell right was so high that he he had to self medicate somehow yeah. and I I think that I think that our the the wrestling culture needs to get back to a pre-pandemic sort of expectation. And I predicted this. I I 100% said, here's the thing. It's like, oh, well, what about Darby Allen? Darby Allen wrestles in one promotion. Right. He does not take bookings in GCW. He does not take promotion uh, bookings right. in other places because he would have promoted it. Right. He only takes bookings in one place. Yeah. Even even though Darby Allen is a psychopath and he's going to be crippled by 35, he's only doing that in one promotion. So I think that there just needs to be a shift. There is there is an equal responsibility yeah. from a lot of people, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's up to the wrestler. Yeah. So if you want longevity in the ring, eat right, stay away from drugs and you know excess alcohol. It, it doesn't hurt to have a beer or two after like a match. But don't go crazy. But also, diet. Uh, let's not give. Let's not give people uh, health advice while we're on air here. But well, it's, it's, think, it, but but it's so res- it's it's responsible. It's, wrestlers, it's it's responsible, easy stuff. Wrestlers need to be held. Wrestlers need to be held accountable for at the, the end, work that they put in. At the end of the day, at, at the end of the day, they are the only ones. Promotions have a responsibility to ensure the health and safety of their wrestlers, and they try to do their best. And fans need to. The expectations fans have to need be, to lower their expectations if they expect longevity. I don't want to see a lot more death matches because it does not help the lifespan of any wrestler. The the only time when a death match is fine is it within a promotion because it's easier to control a promotion booking Jeff Hardy for five death matches and then Jeff Hardy accepting five death matches. Right. So it's like, hey, GCW for instance has the ability to diversify certain matches to certain people at certain times. Where wrestlers may want to take that booking, but GCW at that point has to have that responsibility saying, I know that he just had a brutal last match. What's the rest of your schedule look like? What was it the last week and a half? Right. Like that that's the kind of stuff that you kinda of have and to keep it's, it's it's a balancing act. Yeah. Of like three important factors right. is the promotion, the wrestler, and the fans. Who do you blame more? Because each of them have a a definite responsibility. Yeah, they all do. It's, and and I think it just came off of what we experienced in the pandemic. Yep. And we're still feeling the this we're feeling the after effects of it right now. Yep. I I think we're I think we're probably going to have at least another couple of months, maybe 6 months, 7 months yeah. of um injuries coming out, but we need to kind of Cool it down. We get it. We're excited. I mean, Peanut Gallery and I, we love going to our wrestling shows. Trust me. But there, there just has to be that balance. And he and real, I, real life, real life is not what you see on television. Exactly. You know, we we were spoiled with pandemic wrestling. You were. We were. And there, there was that expectation, and they're trying to meet that now. But expectation is going to break. And what is it going to take? I'm sorry. I don't want to see a wrestler legitimately die in the ring to cope with that. Right. I would rather see a wrestler out five, six months 
than a person paralyzed right. because, because of that, that expectation. Yeah. That's just me. Exactly. So, anyways, when we come back, what are we going to be talking about? So, uh, because this was a multi-brand event, Forbidden Door, I want to talk about other ones All and right. the significance of those as well. So, we are back, and we're going to be talking about cross-promotional major shows. Now, I kind of pick and chose these based on the promotions within, but also the reasoning for them as well. Because there are uh, a vast reasons of why. A vast why. number of reasons. Yeah, yes. a vast number of reasons. So let's talk about All Together, which was a collaborative effort between the three biggest uh, Japanese promotions. New Japan, All Japan, and Pro Wrestling NOAH. And this show happened on two days, um, August 27th and the 26th. Of twenty oh sorry, the twenty sixth and twenty seventh. The twenty sixth and twenty seventh of twenty eleven, uh, because of the uh, um, Tokaharu earthquake and tsunami in March of that year. So this was actually a fundraising event. So we had that, and I think that's really cool to think that they had a two week event where uh, they did all cross promotional stuff. No titles on the line. It was more so of getting people back into it. So we had uh, different matches. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi took on Kenji Muda in one of the last matches of the show. We had a bunch of them celebrating. We had Okada taking on um, uh, uh, Nakanishi. So uh, this one was kind of cool to sort of promote because of the reasons. And they did... Uh, not only get but exceed their expectations of the fundraising venture of this cross-promotional, which is always a good thing because they were directly affected by it. And that's always good. Let's talk about 2014's Bound for Glory. And this was TNA and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right? It was not New Japan Pro Wrestling. It, was it Noah? It was Noah. Ah. No, it was Wrestle One. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah it was. They had, they had a relationship with a lot of different wrestling. They did. Wrestling they they did have a promotion with. Um, they did have a working relationship with New Japan. Uh, back in the day in 2017, I remember Shinsuke Nakamura coming out with the IWGP uh, Heavyweight Champion and wrestling on a Impact show. Yeah. And I, re I remember a bunch of those. I mean, Kazuchi. They, they, they have a relationship with like Noah back in like 2005. They did. Kazuchi uh, Okada, his. Um, his excursion was with TNA. So uh, definitely a good working relationship there. But Bound for Glory, um, this one was kind of weird. Because, so this one was in Japan. It was in Kurikan Hall on August 12th, 2014 in Tokyo, Japan, obviously, because it's Kurikan Hall. And this was the first Bound for Glory to not feature an NWA World Heavyweight or TNA World Heavyweight Championship main event. Hmm. Actually, that title was not defended at all during hmm. this show. It was actually main evented by uh, James Storm Little Group. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But um, it was him and the great Sonata, or Sonata within uh, New Japan, taking on the great Muda and Tajiri. There were eight matches in general. Uh, Taz and Mike Tanay did a do commentary, but it was not live because this was one of those events that was actually uh, taped, recorded, and distributed 
on a tape delay huh. because, because they did because of it, the time zone difference. Yep, because of the time zone difference. And they did not want to lose that opportunity, so they waited until after. I think they probably would have been better off on just doing it live, but that's well, just me. you know, consider the time. It's 2014, I know. Oh, simpler times. Very simpler times. Yep, but uh, Taz and Tanae did the um, commentary in Nashville. And instead, and this was actually the first time that they use a four-sided ring instead of a six-sided ring within TNA. Because remember, the transition with Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan was, I think, later. Um, I think it was like 2015, 2016. So there you go. Um, I thought that one was kind of fun because that was not only a cross-promotion with a major at least that time, a major American wrestling promotion, but also one on a tape delay, which I thought was neat. Worlds Collide is a weird one. So, um, when Worlds Collide was a triple A and a WCW show. Now, WCW only did the technical production of this. So, Eric Bischoff... So it's similar to um, it's similar to GCW's presentation of, of Wrestle Kingdom. Of Wrestle Kingdom fourteen. Yeah, Something. it was it was in it was in twenty twelve. Yeah, so, so a very similar situation because Eric Bischoff helped Triple uh, A secure the show and broadcast within the American providers, marking the first time. Non-U.S. professional wrestling was shown live on United States pay-per-view. The first time ever. Now, this happened in 1994. Now, uh, this one was also kind of funny because when Worlds Collide and WCW was sued because of the naming of the, of, of the pay-per-view. And now it's from Eastern Championship Wrestling who had a world collide earlier in that year. And they sued it, and it was settled out of court. But part of the settlement was that WCW agreed to supply three of contracted wrestlers to an ECW event in November 18, 1994. Kevin Sullivan, Sherry Martel, and Steve Austin, who was later replaced by Brian Pillman because of Steve Austin's injury, were there and the entire event when worlds collide was to critical praise actually uh one of the matches which was octagon and el hijo del santo taking on art bar and eddie guerrero in a mask versus hair match rated five stars and match of the year by dave Meltzer. this is when he was credible and also <laughs> He gave Art Bar um, heel of the year in that same exact year, huh. and it started with this event. Huh. So kind of a neat little show. Um, I did watch this show, actually, and I highly recommend it. It was a really good pay-per-view. Let's talk about Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kind of a fun little throwback here to War of the Worlds. Now, this was the what first— What year was this? 2000? Now, this, this was, was like 2007-8, right? No, this was a reoccurring pay-per-view. But it started in 2014 ah. when they secured the relationship. Ah. Yeah. So this was way later. Okay. Yep, perfect. yep, yep. So uh, this was the co-produced show between Ring of Honor and New Japan. It took place on May 17th, 2014, my birthday, in Hammerstein Ballroom of uh, obviously New York. And it was aired on internet pay-per-view 
and on and through Ustream. I don't even think those exist anymore. Although, although iPay-per-view just means that it's an internet pay-per-view. Yep. So it would be like Fight TV today or whatever. Right. This was a very primitive right. version of that. So think of YouTube when it was still a uh, video dating app. And yes, that was what YouTube was for back in the day. Uh all matches on the iPay-Per-View feature wrestlers from Ring of Honor taking on wrestlers from New Japan. Um, as so, result, so kind of, so kind of like, um, kind of like Wrestle Kingdom last year when they did, uh, uh, um, they, they did um, New they, Japan and uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. Yep, where it was all just like it was garbage. Yeah, by the way, it was hot. I don't like shows like that. I don't either. It was it was a useless night of some bullshit. And right. I think I think we watched like a match and. They had to blur out a lot of it because of copyright, and it was so frustrating and stupid, and the production oh, yeah, it was, was so, garbage. It was, it was garbageio. We didn't even bother covering that. The event had nine matches, five championships on the line, uh, three. Oh wow, they actually had champions on the line. They did. What? They had. Um, they had. Take um, notes, New Japan. Right. Well, I mean, they did. So uh, three were Ring of Honors, and two were uh, were NJPW. The only title changes were Red Dragon um, regaining the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions against the Young Bucks, and the event was headlined by the main event, which was Adam Cole successful. Actually, it was a dual main event. It was Adam Cole Bebe. defending and successfully retaining the Ring of Honor World Champion against Jushin Thunder Liger, nice. and the second one was AJ Styles successfully defending the IWGP Heavyweight Champion in a three-way match against Kazuchika Okada and Michael Elgin, so huh. a name that you haven't heard in a hot-ass minute, huh. but there you go, kind of a cool little thing. Um, some other matches that were on here, and one of the big ones that I really wanted to see, and I, I watched it too, was Kevin Steen versus... Uh, sh um, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura hmm. when they were both like white hot. Now the final one is kind of a weird one because this one was a direct opponent to the first WrestleMania. This was the Super Clash 1985 Night of Champions. This was co-promoted by not only um, AWA, but NWA and World Class Championship Wrestling. The paid attendance was 20,387 people, and this happened in, uh, in, uh, Coms um, in Comeski Park in Chicago. Comeski? Kaminsky. Kaminsky, yeah. So that happened there on uh, September 28th, 1985, a few months after the first WrestleMania. And um, it obviously was promoted to take on the rival. Now, there were a couple of different issues here because, number one, these people, uh, the promotions never really liked each other, but they were trying to compete with WWE at that time. Mm -hmm. So uh, the dispute of live gate attendance was called into question very much so, and actually there was a huge lawsuit for it where uh, Jim Crockett, who was running the NWA at that time, said that it was a $288,000 gate. In 1985, that's good money, by the yeah. way. And then the uh, uh, Vern Gagne of AWA said it was $200,000. Uh, due to money disputes, several NWA stars said to appear on Gagne's up-and-coming NWA events because that was the working relationship with these guys mm -hmm. um, pulled from some of the cards and then canceled altogether because of the money disputes. Hmm. 
This was the first time that more than one World Heavyweight Champion match was actually presented. They, there was no cross-promotion. Huh. It was all within the bounds of the promotions that they were talking about, but it was within the same show. Right. So, uh, Mil Mascaras defended the IWA World Heavyweight Champion against Buddy, Buddy Roberts, not Buddy Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact that the International Wrestling Association had closed down since 1978. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he just defended the title, whatever. Uh, Mil Mascaras is just a character within of himself. Um, maybe, we'll do, um, maybe we'll do a thing about that because that's fun. So... We had Fabulous Freebirds taking on the Ultimate Warriors to win the AWA World Tag Team Champions. Uh, Vern Gagne wrestled. We had an NWA World Heavyweight Champion match where Ric Flair beat Magnum TA, which were which are these two on mm-hmm. there. And that was the main event of the show. But also the AWA World Heavyweight Champion match uh, where Rick Martel and San Hansen only lasted a couple of minutes. Hmm. Um, and because they were thrown out of the ring and it was a, um, uh-huh. it was a account out. Hmm. So that was fun. And then also the, um, what was the other promotion within this? I'm trying to read my notes here really quickly. It was AWA. And- I said, I said, AW, it was AWA, um, NWA, and then it was world clash. Yes. So world clash did have a main event, but for some reason it did not, uh, show up in my notes. Ah. So there you go. Well, that's a pretty good selection. Although you did miss. Oh one. no, there's 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 one that we actually haven't talked about yet. Well, of course, has to be, has to be my. Oh, fa- did I, oh, did I not have that? One? It has to be my favorite one. Actually, there were two that I actually did not have on here, which is super weird. I'm I'm surprised I didn't have oh, those I on there. Just. No, it's fine. So we'll talk about them. Um, ECW and FMW had a couple of cross-promotion shows as well. This uh-huh. was one of the first international shows with ECW and Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling Association. That was uh, that was a was that that was a Japanese promotion. Wasn't it was it? yes. Um, that was the one where that one guy tried to do a moonsault and got paralyzed in the middle of the ring. Yeah, I remember that. One. Yeah, um, they had a um, they had a dark side of the ring episode. They did. Yep. Um, that was December twelfth and December thirteenth in nineteen ninety eight. I'm hoping that the last one you uh, mentioned also had a dark side of the ring episode. If you know what um, I mean. <laughs> I did not. I did not mention um, cl- the collision in Korea. Oh, that well, that was a cross promotion. It was a cross promotion. <laughs> but we have talked about it, so right, we have. We have I understand. Um, the last one that I want to talk about, and because I'm an idiot and didn't put it in there, despite me having the pictures on my computer, uh, was Wrestling Summit, which was actually a World Wrestling Federation and an All Japan Pro Wrestling show. Ooh, actually, what year no, was that? It wasn't just that. It was a WWF, a All Japan, and a New Japan show. Huh? What year was that? This 92? was two ninety. 90. So, it, so it took place on April 13th, 1990 in Tokyo Dome. And it reported, and it reported uh, 53,742 fans. And there were only three times that the promotions produced a joint show together. And this was the biggest one. And they've been working together since the 1970s and 1980s at that time. There were, tel- there were 12 matches. And the main event was Hulk Hogan. And um, Stan Hansen, hmm. actually, because Stan Hansen was a huge star in All Japan Pro Wrestling. Hmm. Um, the, on the undercard, Ultimate Warrior successfully defended the WWE World Heavyweight Champion against Ted DiBiase. 
and New Japan team of Matsuya Sota and Shinaya Hidomoto, I butchered that immensely, defeated Masahiro Chono and Ricky Choshu to retain the IWGP Tag Team Champions. Individual matches featured WWF wrestlers would later be available on VHS and DVD releases, such as Bret Hart, um, The Dungeon Collection, World Tour, uh, and Hulkamania 6. So, actually, these weren't even released until later on here in America because it actually was not promoted here in hmm. America. It was actually all Japanese. Ah. Now, uh, this show actually did also get the best major wrestling show in the Wrestling Observer of that year because, remember, once again, this is when Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer had a credibility instead of being uh, Tony instead Khan's being... little fleshlight. So, pretty much. Um, that, those are some kind of some historic uh cross-promotional events and yeah i could have talked about collision in korea but that one was more so of a political it move. was it was still a cross-promotional event it and had wcw <laughs> stars and it had new japan pro wrestling stars it did and it was in north korea i think that's still the only professional wrestling show in north korea that ever happened and it was still the largest gate of any wrestling show ever, I think at over a hundred thousand both nights. Mm -hmm. Now they were forced to go, but they still had that. Right. So, <laughs> so anyway, when we come back, we're gonna be the main event. We are gonna be talking about our latest cross promotional, cross -promotional and that show. is AEW and uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door.
All right, so we are back and let's talk about Forbidden Door. Overall, uh, this was a lot better than I expected. Yeah. Like just overall. So I will definitely give this one a full thumbs up. It was yep. it was almost two. It was almost, almost. a two. Almost, but the main events kind of sucked. They really did. So let's talk about our first match, which was QT Marshall and Aaron Solo taking on Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Eh. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, the, the, the expectations of this match were not huge, right. but I will say... I thought it was wrestled well. Yeah, it was. Um, a, it was a good. It was a good kind of curtain jerker to get the crowd excited. Oh, they were super excited. The the, the crowd was. Super I'm gonna give it an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. I will do the same. I'll give an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. It was the show tough for, um, the uh, Bushiro guys to win, mm -hmm. obviously. But like you said, I thought it was just a fun little opener, nice little pile cleanser to what we're getting. As soon as I saw this match, to be honest with you, I'm like. This actually might be better than I expected. Yeah. And honestly, even the pre-show was good. Right. All right. Now, before we start this match, uh, there was one match that was not on the card. That was not – that did not have a – Right. A – it, uh, it, it did not. It was promoted, yes. like, very last second. So, let's talk it was about – Lance Archer and Nick Comoroto. It was a Haas match. It was fun. I liked this it match just a lot. there. I really liked Nick Comoroto. Like, he, he's huge. Yeah. Lance Archer wanted to move. Yeah, um, he tried to do like a flippy thing in the ring, and immediately he landed on his head. Archer, stop going upside down. Like, legitimately, <laughs> he just needs to stop, like, right now. I know you can do it. That's all well and good, but you continue to land on your head. Yes. Spoiler alert. It's not a good idea to land on your head. That's true. <laughs> but um, it was the blackout, which was actually very impressive for Archer to win. Archer was huge over. Overall, I like this match. I'll give it an Orange Cassidy thumbs Orange up. Orange Cassidy. You know, um, the expectations for the matches within the uh, buy-in are low. So yeah. if the match is good, then you know what? I'm like, I'm satisfied. Uh -huh. Oh, wrong one. There we go. Let's talk about the El Desperado and Yoshinabu Kanemaru taking on Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Uh, uh, Orange Cassidy thumbs down for me. I'm gonna give an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. Still, I thought, um, I thought some Keith of the, Lee, I thought the, some of the, I thought some of the comedy was kind of cute. But and, Keith Keith Lee is not good. I I kind of see where people are getting at now. Like he's just a big fat guy. He's just kind of there. He just has that right. unique look. And I think this is literally no fault of his own. I think just I think I think AEW is dropping the ball with his booking. They are. Why are they having him with Swerve Strickland? Can we not have black guys wrestle with each other? To be honest with you, right? Like they're 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 both great wrestlers. Have them wrestle other people, right? Like seriously, book them better. Swerve Swerve and Keith Lee both deserve better, but Keith Lee is just not. He's not the magic pill. Right, you know, it's just there. He was, and obviously there was a there there was a whole thing with El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. That's they're they're the small guys, so it's big versus right. small. Yeah, that you have you have junior heavyweight tag teams taking on Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. What this, do you think's gonna happen? Give the results because obviously we know who wins. It was Big Bang catastrophe um, for. Lee and Swerve to win. Hobbs and Starks had a promo after. I did not care. I did um, not over, like Overall, it I'll give this an orange. Well, did we already do that? We already did yeah, that. Yeah, I gave it an orange Cassidy, Cassidy thumbs, thumbs down. 
It was it was just terrible. Oh yeah, and then now we have a match that I actually really liked. So I did I did like this match a lot. I actually did not like this match. Really? This I just th- one I'm gonna give a full thumbs down to. Oh shit. I'm gonna give this an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Um It was it was a short match. It was two two wrestlers weren't even in the match. They weren't and and the whole thing with, with Don House I don't get it. Don House and just stop with this shit. Either wrestle or don't. Right. Why are you here? Why did they sign you? Right. And here's the thing. Um you had you had this great contrast with Don Housen and I did Hook. I, I did chuckle with the theme song. <laughs> I did chuckle with with obviously Max Caster. You can't go wrong with Max Caster. With him and rapping, it's this is his fun. But that's the only redeeming thing about him. Otherwise he's an average wrestler on his best day. And I'll be honest and with you. Don't get me started about the LA Dojo. I understand they're dojo guys, but fuck me. Yeah, they're they're. We uh, all knew who was going to win, and I did not expect the sixty-seven-year-old man to win. But he's really good still. Like, I mean, goddamn, Billy Gunn is still super. He looks awesome. I know, but still, come on. There should be no reason why he looks more of a wrestler than people who and are I, currently training to wrestle. Right. And and I think I think this is going to be very indicative of some of my criticisms with. This show in general, like you have a guy who is pretty much retired, albeit still look as as amazing as he does. I mean, if if Billy Gunn went for the world title, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Like, anyways, let's he move, looks like a wrestler. Let's 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 just move on. So, um, just for that, it was a mic drop for the win. I thought the match was fun personally, but I, you know, once again, it was in the buy-in. Yeah. So the expectations were already. It just low. it just wasn't very good. I, I don't think the dojo guys were ready for um for oh, a stage God, like no. this. That was the issue. So let's go into our first match, which was Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara taking on Eddie Kingston, Shota Unamo, Will Yuta. This was excellent. Orange, two two thumbs up. Orange Cassidy thumbs up. Really? Yep. Too much of a spot fest for me, for my liking. Now this it, it one got it got very confusing at times. Now this one, this um, one, obviously Aubrey Edwards just does not help anyone in any situation with any of these matches. She is all over the place, yep. and I think I, I, I'll be honest with her, she is extremely distracting. People are like, well, what about Jessica Carr? Jessica Carr is a better referee, yeah. like period. Yeah, no, Aubrey Edwards is not a very good referee. That's why she, she blocked me on Twitter because she knows I'm right. All right. I mean, it it is. It, there's just so much crap going on with this. I am very happy that Ty Conti didn't really get all that involved. So apparently, there were fans that were kicked out because they were taking pictures of Ty Conti, and that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, they're like, oh well, it was. Um, they were taking pictures of Ty Conti, um, from the back. So and. Maybe she shouldn't have been out there in the fucking first place. Yeah, she had no reason to be out there. She didn't do anything. Other than to be eye candy to all the simps. She was eye candy. Sorry. Simps. I mean, come on, people. I know. Why, Eddie, why are we why are we so sensitive? Like I, I this, this shit's getting away. Now, I would not take pictures of like a, it's weird. I get it, but not justification of kicking somebody out when you're dressed like that. Okay. Anyways. This is why I didn't like this match very much. Too many spots, just chaos all the way around. I, I can I can I, understand. I, I get it. It's a six man tag team match. It's supposed to be now. Chaos. Here, here's the thing that I liked about this is that all of these things were incorporated from a rivalry or another, just fine. 
Um, Shota Unimo, where they actually did a replay of Jericho attacking him. Now, Shota, U- Shota Unimo, like, saved this match. He's very good. From being, I mean, I've seen Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho fight. I liked, I liked, no, I, I, I really liked the interaction of Eddie Kingston and Minoru Suzuki. I did like that uh, it's, just, it's the same old crap, though. I'm sick of Minoru Suzuki's crap. I don't want to see it. Really? Yeah, it's just the same old shit every single time. Now, he's time. on he's on wrestling as frequently as he used to. Right, but it's, yeah, but, but, with, he's also but with older. him, but with him, it's a formula. You know exactly what's going to happen with it's, Minoru Suzuki. Right, it's a Minoru Suzuki match. Now it's not necessarily a bad thing, it's, but it's you just, but you know what you're gonna get. When when you've seen one Minoru Suzuki match, you've seen every single Minoru Suzuki match. Um, Wheeler Yuta was great on this show too. Honestly, like Wheeler Wheeler Yuta and um Shota Unimo and Shota Unimo were the only saving graces in this match. Right. Um, I really don't care for Sammy, Sammy Guevara. I don't I, either. I don't, I don't Chris, understand his. Chris aesthetic. Jericho is tired. Eddie Kingston. If you've seen one Eddie Kingston match, you've seen every Eddie Kingston match. Now, I, I, well, one, once again, I, I still like the whole confrontation with uh, Eddie Kingston and Minoru Suzuki. I can understand Eddie Kingston. Chris Jericho, I... Who cares at this point? Jesus Christ. Um, so just for that, it was a Judas Effect 14 Jericho to win. I gave an excellent match. Once again, I'm, I'm not going to move from that. Okay, cool. Two thumbs up. All right, cool, Simp. Okay, let's talk about this match. I was going to say Conti. So, um, FTR, United Empire, Rapungi Vice, winner takes Orange all. Orange Cassidy. I'm gonna give up. it a full thumbs up. Um, again, this, why was Rapungi Vice? Why was Rapungi Vice in this match? Again, it's just I did not like the format of the match. First of all, they they had two people in the ring instead of three, which is annoying as shit. I, I did I did not like. It was a, it, the match was just a mess. It was. From beginning to end, I had no idea what was happening. And okay, so here's the thing. I and think I only had one drink at that point in time, and I still had no idea what was going on. I think that the problem was is that this was a three way for no fucking reason. Why? I'm sorry, I like Rapunky Vice, but why were they in this match? They did not did they earn this? I watch the show every week. Did they earn this? No. They were just thrown in there. I would have rather had an FTR United Empire winner takes all match. That would have been a better structure match. Because it just seemed like it was just there. There was always that one team that was just inserted in there. Right. And it, re- just, it didn't make it, sense. It's a disservice to Rapunky Vice. It's a disservice to the rest of them, to be honest with you. It's a disservice to the match. Now, if all three of them had titles, maybe. Maybe. But not two. There's right. no reason. I mean, like, oh, well, what about Becky Lynch? Yeah, I had a problem with that one, too. Yeah, I did. Like, seriously. Like, if you're going to have a triple threat, have all of them have a reason to be in a winner-takes-all. Right. Anyways. That's how you make the shit majestic that, again. That's, yeah. And, and you know, it talking, was, it was, and, and let's talk about making it majestic again. Because I don't think for those other matches, we really could do it. it they were all just messes. Like, like, you know, going back to... This is a problem with multi. I think it's just a problem with multi-man matches. You really can't multi- do anything to make it majestic. No, again you can. Oh, absolutely. Because either it is really good or it just sucks. Um, the the one thing that I would do with this that would just have made it instantly better. Rapunzel three K should have not been in this match. Rapunzel Vice. Whatever. So no, here's the thing. The only way to make this majestic again is if Rapunzel Vice had titles. 
then you make or, it a winner take all triple or, threat. Or they weren't in the match. Right. But if you had to have all three of them in there, they should have some skin in the game. They had everything to gain, but nothing to lose. Yeah, and kind of like the Chris Jericho match, if you want to go back to that, what would have made it majestic again is if it was just Chris Jericho versus uh, versus uh, uh, that one guy. Eddie Kingston? No, not Eddie. We've seen Eddie Kingston. Wheeler Yuta? No, the other guy. Shota Unamo. Yes, Shota Unamo versus Chris Jericho. Now they, gave, now, they gave the stipulation that the winner of this got the advantage of blood and guts, but that was after, and that was annoying. It was like that was just tacked on because right. nobody cared about it. No one cares. No one cares about blood and guts either. Anyways, let's just move on to the next Blood match. and Guts is going to suck, but I have to watch that. So, uh, a match that was actually good. I like this match. Um, well, despite, despite me not liking the title, I thought this was good. Orange not, Cassidy, thumbs up for me. I'll give it a full thumbs up because I think this was Clark Connors like coming out. I, I, I like Clark Connors. Clark Connors is just no personality. Just Give him some time. Like He just graduated from the dojo. Like, he just graduated from the And why does he get a title match? Because he was a last-minute replacement for, um, uh... uh they should have left him. They, they should have left him out. If they really wanted to do something... No, they, they, they wanted Japanese representation, even though he's not Japanese. They wanted Japanese representation in an All-Atlantic Championship match. So he lives in a city... On the west coast of the United States, that is not an Atlantic. You know what? Okay. <laughs> so here's what would have made this majestic again. Miro Bag Malachi. <laughs> or if you want a fourth person with some New Japan representation, bring over an extra couple of guys and do a match on the buy-in to enter into a spot for this match. What about the Lance Archer, um, Nick Camarado match? That earns your spot into this match. That would have replaced that, because that match was fucking useless. It was a fun Haas match, and then it would have been worth something, which would have made it even better. And then you had another dynamic that wasn't just another good guy. Car Connors can get over another day. Why be here? Right. I didn't even know. I, I knew. I knew Car Connors existed, but <laughs> the casual fan will not watch Clark Connors now. It right. just isn't going to happen. Um, the I other saw, three were fine. They right. all earned their spot. Clark Connors, here you go. Title lot. So, fun fact. Um, uh, the Netherlands, where are they geographically to the Atlantic Ocean? They're on the Atlantic Ocean. Um, with, obviously, England, they are. But what, a, what about Bulgaria? I mean, if you want to be very, very technical, technical yes, but it's no. It's a, it, it borders the Mediterranean. Like, if it borders the Black Sea, which is which is connected to the Mediterranean Sea, which is connected to the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, if you really, really want to be okay, technical. so so then everybody in the world can be, even though they're not connected. I'm sorry, they're two different oceans. Well, I no, mean, we got we have to be technical here. It's the All Atlantic. I mean, what else? Literally, the entire belt is structured around, like, national everything, even though Japan is on there. Yeah, and better, not a, better, a better name would have been the Intercontinental Champion, in my opinion, but... Duh! Or the International Champion, or the fucking... The Unicorn Champion. I don't fucking... How about we don't have the title at all? I know. What is the point of this stupid title? To be inclusive... Obviously, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I'm rolling. I'm, I'm rolling my eyes behind these sunglasses for a reason. It pisses right. me off. At least here's the thing. At least the match was good. 
We've already talked about making Majeski and who won this match and why did they win? Um, Pack Pack won with a brutalizer. I like the ending a lot. Pack winning it. I, I don't hate it. And the crowd was really into it. So I'm happy about it overall. Once again, I was happy. Uh, let's talk about the three-way. It was a three-way. I couldn't oh, find the graphic for this. Oh, my God. This match. Orange it was Cassidy lame. thumbs down. I have to agree with you. Orange Cassidy thumbs down 100%. Uh, it was just kind of lame. It was a very lame match. Now, I did like some of the antics of the Young Bucks at first, um, or of Bullet Club with, like, I'm, the I'm, back rake. I'm pretty sick of the Young Bucks, by the way. I'm, I'm just sick of them. I don't want them on my screen anymore. Really? Yep, Is there a reason for it? Because they suck. <laughs> Can you give a better example? Also, why does Sting have to wrestle? You see, I'm more bothered by Sting wrestling than the fucking Young Bucks. Also, why is Darby Allen trying to kill himself actively? I mean, I, I don't mind that because I don't think he wants to wrestle Shingo. Shingo, Shingo was the star of this match. Let's put it that way. Shingo's awesome. I love Shingo. Shingo Takagi was the star of this match. Shingo and um, uh, El and El Fantasma were like the stars of yeah. this. I like I love Fantasma's like little gimmicks. I thought I think it's fun. Yeah. But Shingo, Shingo's is really cool, and and I when you've seen one Young Bucks match, you've seen all Young Bucks matches. I mean, because they're as predictable as buttered bread. Right, exactly. You know, you get you get the butter, you get the bread, and it tastes whatever. It was <laughs> like buttered. Now, at least at least with the right team won in this situation, That's it was true. the last of the dragon for dudes with the attitudes to win. Um, I love the name by the way. I hate the name by you the can, way. You can screw off. Uh, Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm for the AEW Women's World Champion. <sighs> Thunder Rosa. Down. Yeah, I'm gonna give an Orange Cassidy thumbs down because I don't want to go against Bay. But here's the thing: Thunder Rosa, she she hinted heel. If if she turned heel, this probably would have been an Orange was Cassidy a, thumbs it was, up. It was just a blah match. It was fine. It was a fine match, and it should have been better than that. It was a blah. It was there, full thumbs down. Right. It was final. And, it was final and, reckoning. And I think. I think. I think that the rivalry leading up to it was also. Pretty it was kind of lame. It was weak. It was. It was very. You had weak. well. Tony. Tony Storm was number one as a part of that. Now I don't fucking care. I wouldn't have had this match on this card. I would have waited until the next pay per view. Yeah. I would have done some. Here's what I would have done. Here's how you. Hold on. Here's how you make this majestic again. This is really easy. Thunder Rosa needs to go full blown heel. They hinted at it. And I'm like, ooh, we have some heel. Th I was actually excited. Thunder Rosa needs it so bad. She is. This title reign has been boring and stupid. It's been horse manure. It has. We, because the problem is, is that all the good wrestlers are baby faces. What about Dr. Britt Baker? I'm sorry, she's not really that good. And she just lost. And just let her, let her be, please. Right, let her be, let her do her whatever. But the thing is that we need a heel. Thunder Rosa, please turn heel. Because then we probably would have had a better dynamic yeah. here. Maybe turn heel during the match. Right. That would have been fucking cool. Do like a roll-up. Do like what they did with Bailey, where she was still being like the happy-go-lucky, but then like do like underhanded tactics right. to get over. That would have been cool. And then people would start booing Thunder, and then she's like, why are you booing me? And then still do like shady underhanded shit to keep your title. It was a baby face versus baby face match. Right. I'm trying to make this majestic again, and that would have made it like a million times better. Right. Anyways, moving on to the next uh, match. 
It's, it's really not that hard. This actually was very good. Two thumbs, Two thumbs up. up. This this match was just a clinic in core strength. <laughs> core strength story. Um, this was probably this was the best Orange Cassidy match I have ever seen. I'm gonna say this is the best match of the night. I'm gonna say that too. It was the Will Will Osprey fantastic. Orange Cassidy. We're, he's he's this this, 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 this is him. Sh- he is he is getting to he is getting to peak performer status right now. I he I, is not the Orange Cassidy of 2019. Thank God. <laughs> I know his act got old, but now it's it's you can say I guess it's freshly squeezed. <laughs> you deserve that one. Also, I do like the involvement of chaos. A little bit in this as well at the very end. Yeah. After after the match was over. So here's so the, it kinds of sets up a United here's, here's, Empire here's versus I, Chaos rivalry. Now I, I, a lot of people give me a lot of shit for harking on Orange Cassidy a bunch, and I think in some way rightfully deserved. But he's starting the the like the hokey cartoony shit is starting to be toned down it a is. lot. It is. And it's starting to give me more of that. He just might be like this lazy guy before hitting the ring, and then he's actually a good wrestler. Now, Will Ospreay won with the Stormbreaker, but overall, I thought it was just—it was fantastic. It was a fantastic match. We had we had um we had some run-ins, and then we had um, this was Ketsu- all after the match, by the way. Yes, we had Katsuyori Shibata coming in and just cleaning out house. People lost their damn minds. Great moment. I loved when Orange Cassidy put on the shades on. Um, uh, Katsuyori Shibata, that was funny, mm. and he looks great. I, th- once again, this was the best match of the night. This was, like I said, this was the best Orange Cassidy match I have ever seen. Oh, a hundred percent. All right. So before we get into it, Claudio Castagnoli is the mystery guy. So we had Zack Saber Jr. Another and Claudio. Yep. Another technical clinic just masterly put on. The only difference between these two matches right here is that I was not sure about it. Right, but that and exceeded it exceeded the expectations, so it worked. This other one, I knew who was going to be the mystery person. It was pretty obvious that it was going to be Claudio Castagnoli. Right. Um, I kind of wish we had more of the swing during it, maybe a little more gimmicky stuff um, from that because as soon as he did the swing at the very end of the show, which we'll talk about, um, it got a huge pop. So maybe maybe more rotations on this because people actually died when he couldn't get like a full swing going. Um, but it was still a masterful match. Oh, 100%. Also, um, uh, Mothership called Zack Sabre Jr. a barnacle. Because he was just crawling all over. Right. <laughs> and then uh, J- JR, JR said it's like wrestling is slinky. I'm like, I, I, I can't say it better. And what would you do to make this, pro- uh, make this majestic again? Nothing. Honestly, nothing. Like, it was that good. Same, can I have another match Right. Like same thing with this one. I wouldn't have done anything different. Right. Can I have more? I want more. Right. Just, just, just don't, 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 just don't overdo it. Okay, hold on. Um, the ending, I think, was not because of their own issue. Orange Cassidy thumbs down. I'm gonna give it an Orange Cassidy thumbs up. I'm gonna be optimistic. This here. was the worst Kazuchio Kata match I have ever seen. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the the issue is is that they are they are not equipped for multi mans. The IWGP Heavyweight Champion is not meant to be 
contested in a multi-man match. Right. The, this th- match was just thrown together. How did Hangman Page nor Adam Cole get this opportunity? They didn't. At least with Kazuchika Okada, he's a former champion. He deserves the rematch. That's the only thing that I can say. Other than that, why? It just sucked. This match This match was all over the place. It was It was fine. It was fine. That, that's all I can say about it. I thought it was just there and you shouldn't have that once again we even we even told you this before we even got to the main event up until the main event the show was actually really good and if these two happened this whole show would have gotten two thumbs up but it didn't because they 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 died at the main event yeah like i said i've seen i've seen i've seen a few kazuchi okada matches in my day now this was the worst match involving kazuchi okada i have ever seen Yep. Hands down. Period. End of discussion. He was, he was just a nothing sandwich in this. Now, he was popular with the crowd. He was super but over. that's it. The whole match revolved around they, Jay White. And that's the issue. I don't know why they took the title off of Okada before this show. They shouldn't have done it. Honestly, here's the thing. How you make this majestic again? I'll be honest with you. Don't have this match. No. Here's how you do this. Okada, Hangman Page, heavyweight title. Done. That's it. That's all we need. And then you have Jay White attack Okada after, and then you set up that match for Wrestling Don't Talk later. People are just idiots. It's not that hard. It was. It you know why? Because you know Okada and Hangman Page would have been a clinic. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Why was Cole there? He was not ready to wrestle. Right. He was hurt yeah i mean literally adam cole ducked a rainmaker collapsed and then he got pinned i'm like is adam cole okay like legitimately yeah the ending sucked this was the worst ending of the night right honestly you know what for the first time ever because of just the egregious thing of adam cole being in this match honestly everything else would have been whatever i have to give this orange cassidy thumbs down now because i have to agree with you like, like, just had any, it's like, okay, it was not because Adam Cole couldn't kick out, because he might have been so hurt. And they put him in this match. Right. Yeah. Just stupid. It was it was just a terrible You match. could have, they could have hurt Adam Cole to the point of career-defining. They yeah. just have to have him in there. They just wanted a thing. IWGP Heavyweight Champion should never be defended in a multi-man match. If they wanted to do this, take Adam Cole out and have the three. It would have been right. just fine. It would have been. Uh, Full thumbs down. This was a bad match. This was... I have to agree with you. 100%. This was lame. It would have been Orange Cassidy thumbs down if after the match didn't happen. After the match ruined it. A hundred million percent. But let's talk about the match first before we talk about the egregiously terrible ending that just happened. Now, I, I bitch about this, but I'm going to do it again before we even get into it. Why isn't an interim world heavyweight champion match? CM Punk's not going to be back for fucking months. This is stupid. It is. And why did you... We obviously knew who was going to win this match. Right. We, it was so fucking obvious. If, 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 you know what? If New Japan booked this, they would have done a million times better with it. Yeah. But Tony you know, Khan just sucks at booking. He really does. Like, this is bad. If, if the two matches, literally the two matches that are selling your fucking event are so bad. 
that they both get thumbs down from this show, which, I mean, we're just assholes on the internet, but for God's sake. I have more credibility than Dave Meltzer has, so. Oh, my God. Like, I'm sorry, this was, it was lame. It was, because guess what? We got the John Moxley match. If you've seen one John Moxley match, you've seen all of them. And, you know, I, I think he got cut the hard way. If if he bladed, I'm going to be upset. I don't even know if he did. Well, so it makes you think he didn't blade. He obviously, he has to have some blood in his matches. Just like, just like the American justice system is innocent until proven guilty. So if I know that he did not blade, then he did not blade. Well, give me an example of a match where he he, he bladed himself on purpose. If he, he does it for every single big match like this. If he, if he bladed, then what was the point? Because he wants to be bloody. I don't know. It doesn't help when every match is bloody. It no. doesn't. John Moxley is boring. Hiroshi Tanahashi is awesome. Hiroshi Tanahashi was the best part of the match. He is so good. Still. But then you got John Moxley doing his old John Moxley shtick. He's just too popular. I'm sorry. I I mean he was he was good during the pandemic era. He's, he's popular because he's likes he likes he's like all the rest of the simps out there. He likes the blood. He likes the carnage. It's like that's fine, but you gotta limit it somehow. Right. Eddie Kingston doesn't bleed as much as fucking John Moxley. Honestly, if this was Eddie Kingston and Hiroshi Tanahashi, this match would have been infinitely better. Oh, absolutely. Because here's the thing. Eddie Kingston is not so much of a bitch to blade himself. Right. So if, if you're, if, if you're going to get color on Eddie Kingston, you better hit him hard. Right. Anyways... We, we talked about the match. Let's talk about the finish, and then let's talk about the fucking... Oh, no, no, we didn't talk about the finish. It was a death rider for Moxley to win, but then we had Jericho and Garcia come out to attack both baby faces, and then we have Eddie Kingston come out. Then we have the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society come out. Then we have the rest of fucking Blackpool... Why? And then we had, oh, Claudio Castanelli come out and save the day. And, and, oh my god, it was just a fucking mess. This, this was a disaster. This ending was a disaster. The crowd was bored. The crowd was dead. The crowd You know died. why? You know why? Because we saw this on Dynamite. The crowd you know, died at that very second. Yep, they died at that very second because nobody wanted to see this. No. Zero. Here's the thing. This... They, they were doing so good in a show. Yep. We were expecting this to go like till 9.30, 9.45, and they cut it off at a good time. They did. I'll give them that. They cut this off on a good time. But why did they have to cut off with this? With the, for no reason at all. Well, what about blood and guts? This was not meant to be that. If I was New Japan, I would be... Pissed. They're not going to do another one of these shows, nope. I don't think. I don't think New Japan's going to want to work with AEW so, again after this crap. So I, I want to do I want to do a poll here. So why don't we go down the matches and see how many of those matches NJPW won in all of those. Okay. Let's do that. AEW. AEW New Japan. New Japan. AEW. AE, nope. New Japan. New actually. Japan. So tied up. Doesn't matter. Uh, doesn't matter. It's mixed. Yeah, it is. AEW. AEW. 
Well, New Japan had one representation. AEW? AEW? There was... It was a mix. It was a mix. AEW? Yeah, AEW. AEW? Mm-hmm. And uh, NJPW. So, AEW won by one. Okay. So, so there were there were a lot of people saying that, but but, the, but there were mixed matches in there that kind of skewed that right. in one way. I I, with, with I, the, I wanted to test it because I think that I would, AEW no. kind of maybe they favorited them themselves a little bit more with this pay per view because I I knew that there were a lot of there were a lot of issues in general with. With just the 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 development of this show, yep, we've talked about how the injuries did not help anything, which is all well and good, but the booking of the show itself and the fact that it just really didn't feel like canon very well was just it just put a bad taste in my. Here's mouth. my issue: I don't think it should have been canon at all, but I think it that would have been it would have been infinitely better if it wasn't canon. If you wanted to do this, here's what I would have done. If you really want to do this right, have the champion versus champion in some way. Have your Moxley Tanahashi match, but have it earlier. Right. And then have Moxley versus Jay White in right. a champion versus champion. No titles. Right. And then have the other ones face the other ones. Have maybe a not a winner takes all. Just have Young Bucks versus United Empire. I would have rather had like a um, a, a, um, a Survivor Series-esque thing than what we got here, despite me liking a lot more matches than not liking. Right. Um, you know, overall, I'm going to give this show I'm gonna give it a full, Cassidy I'm gonna get a full thumbs. thumbs down. I'm going to give it a full thumbs up. I think despite the two main events and leaving a sour taste, I liked more matches and gave more two thumbs up to a lot of AEW matches than I have in a while. So that's kind of why I'm going to give it a positive on but that But I aspect. think that all the – well, okay. So I the matches that I gave two thumbs up on were not entirely AEW matches. They were no. AEW versus NJPW no, but, but, matches. But overall, I still think they pulled off in a very enjoyable show. And it wasn't because of AEW. It was th- because of the, the NJPW guys and I remember their it, ways. Right, and here's the thing. It's not just because of the matches. It's because of the pacing. And I thought they paced it really well. The crowd was super into it. It Who made me excited. What the crowd has to say or think. It adds. It adds a feeling of emotion to the show, and it does. It it does make a world of difference. I'm just looking at what's going on inside the ring. Okay. Well, the, watch. The build, well, watch. Watch a watch a SummerSlam match with nobody versus a SummerSlam with people, and tell me that those are the exact same show. I mean, they are. They're not. But you know. The match is the match. Um, I I did not like how AEW represented themselves in this. Um, they were very weak. I think just overall. I can see that. Um, it proved to me more than anything else that New Japan Pro Wrestling is just superior in general than than any. I have product, to agree with you. Than any product that you will ever see in the United States. It's the the. I wouldn't s- go that far. I th- I saw. I hate saying this, but I think WWE could have probably pulled off a superior product. Honestly. 
I, I can tell I can tell that AEW though just does not have the the elite program or I any. hope I hope the president of New Japan does not do this ever again. Yeah, I hope so too. I th- I think it actually hurt New Japan in the bottom line. Yeah, I think so. I think that if 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 New Japan wants to have AEW, I think that they should do Forbidden Door in Japan. Yep. I think I think then there might be a higher standard and quality of yep. match. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. There, there would just be a better quality. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. It would be a lot better. So, uh, Peanut Gallery, what are we doing next week? Money in the Bank. And also, since we live in Vegas, we are not going to Money in the Bank because uh, tickets were like $300 for nosebleeds, and I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> Anyways. Well, I got $300 for both of us last time, and that right. was in Allegiance, so it was a lot better. All right. Take it away. Yes, yeah, so... Uh, if you did enjoy this video, remember to like, follow, subscribe, share with all your friends. Um, we're still working on a couple of different changes with these shows, so stay tuned for that. And as always, be majestic.